Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Hello and welcome to another special episode of Two Mr. P's in a Podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P. And we are back with a special episode, Two Mr. P's Have a Chinwag with... Mr. Jamie Littler. Yes, the author of the Frostheart series. Um, Frostheart 2, Escape to Aurora, has just been released October Escape 1st. from Aurora. Sorry, Escape from Aurora. I did this last time, didn't I? I made yeah, a mistake with... Wizarding My Shed or it's yeah, Wizarding yeah, The Shed. Yes. Anyway, yeah. apologies. Um, absolutely brilliant. We've just finished recording it. Um, we had a real laugh. He's a, he's, he's a proper, proper good guy. Yeah, yeah some nice little messages there. He's a there. neat guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we hope you enjoy it, guys. And we've got a couple more guests lined up, um, which we hope you are going to enjoy. Uh, and, and check out the Frost Art books yeah, because definitely. they are absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Hope we enjoy, hope you enjoy the interview. Take it away. So, welcome to another special episode of Two Mr. P's in a Podcast with me, Mr. P, and the other Mr. P. And we are very, very excited to be welcoming another cracking author and illustrator, Mr. Jamie Littler. How are we, Jamie? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. No worries. Thank you very much for giving up your time. We are very, very excited to have you. Pleased to have you on the number one UK educational comedy podcast. That's exciting. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many things a bit intimidated. Like the number one <laughs> educational comedy with hosted by two brothers. <laughs> yeah. Just as many sort yeah. of niche markets yeah. to be the number one. Yeah. Um, number one, yes. Yeah, but we do say it's a podcast. You know, we talk about education a lot, but we, it's not one that we really learn. learn no, I mean, we often say, don't we, like, I... I do learn quite a lot. I usually learn a new word, and I'm sure speaking to to yourself, a talented author. You know, I'm, I've got my, I've got my notepad here. I'm ready to, uh, ready to learn. Be prepared to be disappointed. I think. <laughs> um, so, I mean, first question we've got to ask is how how's lockdown been treating you? How has this unprecedented time been for you? Yeah, it's been weird. I think I think I've. I think a lot of people are struggling at the moment. And I think like, I think I've gotten away quite lightly because I work quite insular anyway. So my, my day to day life generally hasn't been that affected, but I think, I think I've spoken to a lot of other authors and and creators and to be honest, anyone that there's something about this that kind of really affects your, your workflow and and your kind of inspiration and stuff. I didn't realize how much just going out and seeing people, and, and just going about your day-to-day life, like, like really feeds the brain, you know? Like, so yeah. suddenly I'm just sitting here trying to be creative and I've, I've never hit so many kind of creative blocks and everything. But um, I, I feel uh, a bit like that because obviously with my part-time work, so I still work part-time in the classroom and then I do sort of like training for teachers. So I'll travel here, there and everywhere. And obviously that side of things stopped. So, you know, when it was, oh, I'm going to be working from home, you have all these ambitions of being 
really, really productive, but actually finding the energy and the motivation yeah. the minute given everything else going on. Really, really. Yeah, it's, it's being stuck in in the place of work. You know, it, it, I think it really has an effect because before this, I used to just for this very reason, used to rent a, a studio space just so I could get out. Yeah. You know, that act of like getting up in the morning, going somewhere, doing your work, coming back, having a place to escape to, uh, and and losing that is 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 a bit of a blow, I think. But yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah well, but generally it's okay. You know, you know, like kind of surviving. Yeah, get that. <laughs> I tried. To, I tried to do that. I joined a gym for the first time when gyms reopened. I joined a gym. I mean, I know what you're thinking. Obviously, <laughs> are you sure you don't work out, mate? But uh... hold your muscles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just roll the t-shirt up slightly. Yeah. Which way is the sink? And yeah, and then I went for a couple of days, and then I was I was begging Boris to shut them again. <laughs> <laughs> They're the super spreaders. Um, <laughs> So we, uh, we, we have to start by talking about your brand new book, um, Frost Art. So this is the second book in the series? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be a trilogy. So this is All right. the, uh, yeah, the second one. Yeah. Yeah. So was yeah. it always a, a trilogy from the moment you, you sort of thought of the concept or was it something that opened up as you were in the sort of writing process of the first one? Yeah, I think, I don't know why it ended up being a trilogy. I think it was um, that we always had, like, I always had an ending in mind. And I think just talking to, like, the publishers, it just felt like, like, a trilogy just sounds good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, uh, you, you can leave stories open and just go on as long as possible, you know, as long as it needs to go on. But I don't know, for some reason, the trilogy just felt like the the right amount of time that we needed. Um, uh, yeah. Now, of course, I'm writing book three and I'm really wishing I had a bit longer. <laughs> I'm just I try to cram it all into, into the, the third book. Is, uh, is, yeah. is, is a, is a challenge. You just wait a few more years and then do like a uh, Frost Heart 4.0, go a bit of die yeah, hard, kind of leave, like, it, leave it a while yeah. and then hit them years later. It's like when those bands say that they're... they're, they're breaking up and then they always have their reunion you know have, yeah. have the frost heart reunion a few years <laughs> later you know, like. um, so just for anyone who hasn't read the first book do you just want to sort of set the scene about the world of frost heart where it sort of takes place the characters and the sort of sort of story yeah. of the first part yeah sure thing so it's it's set in in this this big frozen world called the snow sea um and it's think kind of like an ice age everything's ice cold um but Add into that the fact that there's these giant, dangerous monsters that hide underneath the snow and ice and prey upon anyone who kind of is brave or foolish enough to walk, you know, walk upon them. So it's a very dangerous world and people are forced to live in these uh, kind of um, stronghold settlements that are like high above the ice, behind big walls. Um, and, you know, it's very insular, very isolated. And the story yes. follows a boy called Ash who uh, lives in one of these stronghold settlements in the far north. Um, but Ash has a special power, which is he's a song weaver. He can sing to these Leviathan monsters and kind of bond and connect with them, uh, which makes people a bit scared of him because obviously there's these monsters preying on everyone and they're like, how come, what's, what are they saying? What are they, you know, what, what's going on there? So he's, he's yeah. a bit of an outcast. Um, and during a, a, there's these people called Pathfinders who are these brave adventurers who travel the world on these massive engine-powered sleighs. So think of like a, a, a kind of pirate galleon, but on like sleigh runners and just shooting across the ice, you know. And they, they can just about outrun the monsters. Um, so these people are like trying to 
connect the the strongholds together, make sure that civilization doesn't just crumble and disappear. Yeah. And Ash, during a uh, a brave rescue attempt, he he kind of saves a crew, uh, a Pathfinder crew, the crew of the Frostheart, hence the name. Like, um, and Ash ends up journeying off with them into the world. Uh, trying to find out more about what his powers mean and also where his missing parents have gone. His parents have been missing since he was very young. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just a big rip roaring fantasy adventure really, you know? Yeah. It, it sort of, yeah. Where, where, where did the sort of inspiration for it come from? Where, you know, the concept of the story, was it based on any other book or film? Cause it sounds it's sort of like little bits. Of, yeah. The description has trilogy written all over it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. It, it feels like you're about to set into like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think would be big influences. I think it was just like, um, it, it was that thing of, uh, for ages and ages, I was trying to make a story like, um, and I kept, chipping over myself and like never finishing a story or the, fin the stories I did finish were like, I just, I wasn't very keen on them, you know, like they, they will never see the light of day. You know, I've got like about <laughs> five stories that are hidden away. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would sometimes show my agent, I have like an agent who, who you know, like uh, uh, helps me get work and things. And she was like, yeah, you know, these stories, you know, they <laughs> could do with a little bit more work, you know, so, and I realized that one of the major problems, other than that, the writing was kind of terrible, <laughs> was that I was trying to write these like stories that other people were writing, you know, so you go to bookshops and you see what was really popular at the time, which at the time were like kind of like wacky comedies and things, which I really enjoy reading, but I wasn't, I didn't really want to write that, you know, I, mm. I, I and, and I was trying to write at something that didn't really mean anything to me you know and and yeah. I think that's just like a recipe for disaster because you're just going to get bored your soul's not going to you know, your heart's not going to be in it so it was that kind of thing that I thought what is it I want to write and it was just a rip-roaring fancy adventure with a crazy ragtag um bunch of adventurers you know and uh and yeah just loads of different influences from different things I'd read watched I'm a big video game player so like different games I'd played I think there's yeah. there's quite a lot of kind of like video game elements to the story um and uh, yeah it was just kind of smashing it all together as well as those ideas that I kind of didn't um follow through with like I grabbed bits from them and just kind of mushed it all together into like a yeah yeah, it's, so, it's so funny when you talked about your agent handing them uh, uh, stories to your agent we actually did a bit of that on the podcast didn't we about when you ask someone a question and they reply with uh, yeah <laughs> and it's just like, you know, like do you like my new haircut and someone goes yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and you're just like so no then <laughs> <laughs> yeah my my agent's like kind of um i love her she's amazing uh jody she she's like but she's like brutally honest so mm -hmm. there's no like messing around she'd just be like uh so i'd be like yeah what did you think of that story she was like yeah it's um it's terrible <laughs> we're not gonna submit it <laughs> like, not have to go and hide in a shed you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like, for a week. skipping in skipping into her office <laughs> yeah. here you go just like, and then walking out it. walking out like yeah. hello darkness my old friend <laughs> it was it was literally like that at least i would get like a coffee out of it or something you know? yeah. <laughs> the one uh the one that's still no, it's good because i think like when i'm teaching my class about you know when we're writing something I'm always trying to tell them to try and get, you know, to find their own writing voice. It's about getting, you know, taking the best bits from what they're reading, what they're seeing yeah. uh, and all that sort of stuff. So it's nice to hear 
a similar yeah. sort of thing. And it, and it's also just that again, like it, it's it's learning, like because I, I was an illustrator before I was a, a, an author, um, and I, I was lucky enough to work with a load of authors, so it was able to kind of see how they worked. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I got to meet them and kind of see behind the scenes. And that was a massive help as well. So just kind of taking on board what they were telling me. And again, like with my agent, even though she was quite brutal, she had very valid criticisms, you know? Yeah, so yeah. like once you kind of stop crying and screaming into a <laughs> pillow, you kind of pull yourself together and think she's got some really valid points here. And, and same with like, we would submit to publishers who would reject it. I had like a lot of rejections. Uh, the publishers were a lot softer and nicer than my agents <laughs> rejecting <laughs> things, but they would still, you know, say like, yeah, we like the idea, but this wasn't working or yeah, you know, you don't have a distinct enough voice or this or that. And, and it was just taking that on board and trying to work with that really, you know. Oh, good, good. So where does this second book then take us? So where, what's the, the next part so of the adventure? It kind of follows on straight from the end of book one. Um, uh, and it's it, Ash is still looking for his parents. He's he's following. They've kind of he's realised that they've left him some hidden clues hidden around the world. Yeah, uh, he's following kind of like a breadcrumb trail, and it's led him and the crew of the Frostheart to um, Aurora, which is this. It's the jewel of the snow sea. It's this huge thing, kind of Rome of its day. You know, like this, yeah, this yeah. massive stronghold, the biggest stronghold in the world, uh, full of different cultures and technologies and. Um, nothing like what Ash is used to, uh, like way out in the middle of nowhere. So Ash is like really excited that Stronghold is every uh, Aurora is everything he dreamt it would be and more. But also as the world kind of opens up, uh, it also becomes way more dangerous. And he realizes that uh, in Aurora, there's this kind of folk hero, this like legendary uh, Leviathan hunter called Captain Stormbreaker, you know, a very uh, kick-butt name kind of thing. <laughs> he has... Uh, certain plans to kind of bring the fight back to the Leviathans and it involves um, song weavers, perhaps not in, in ways uh, Ash is going to be very happy with, you know, so he realizes uh, people like him are in more danger than he realized. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah. Leave it there. I think without giving yeah, too many no, spoilers. No. Yeah. And did you find, did you find like the follow-up book easier to write? Cause you're already one book in or was it more tricky? Did you, was it... I think. Cause that's what they always say about the second album, don't they? Yeah. The difficult band. second album. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a bit of both. I think it like with book one, I still had a lot to learn. So like, um, when I, when I said, when my book was, uh, uh, bought it's accepted by Puffin Books who published the book they um they really like they could see the potential but they were like we need to do a lot of work here so together mm. with my editor uh, who was amazing like Naomi we we kind of reshaped it we put everything in and that was quite a challenge in itself just trying to figure out how to make basically the plot makes sense <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. whereas the second bit because that we did so much groundwork there we kind of hit the ground running with the second book it was a lot easier to be like this is what's going on. I can see this yeah. now. Um, having to sort of create the world, it's already established. Yeah, you know the characters, oh, yeah. you know you know the plot. Like by then we'd kind of outlined the entire plot. So we knew what had to happen. So that was easier. The thing that was harder, I think, was, was the continuity. So because my stories very much end with kind of like cliffhanger ending and then lead straight into the next story. So they really work as a three. It was just yeah. making sure that everything was right you know like the, the amount of times I just like um stormed ahead was like yeah this is great it would, would show like my like copy editors who kind of catch things at the end and they're like in the first book 
you said this and it completely changed in the second book and like, <laughs> you know see so i'd have to be like jumping backwards and forwards and and like god knows how people like you know like george r, r. martin he writes things like game of thrones oh, yeah, or something yeah. like how he manages to keep that kind of those many the connections yeah I, I it gave me a whole new like load of respect for Peter, for authors like that it, it must be it like just speaking about the fact that it's just uh, the second book it must be like nervy though because i always think about obviously like movie sequels and because the first book was so and congratulations by the way on the first book and this but because the first book Thank was you, such yeah. a rousing success i love i i like the name you know frost heart escape from aurora strong yeah. you know if you'd gone oh, frost heart yeah. Frost heartier. <laughs> yeah. it, it could have been. It could have been a little Frost bit embarrassing. Heart. It could have been a bit of egg on the face. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like the name, guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because we we went through so many names, like, um, and and it, it it was really hard actually, like trying to come up because uh, sometimes it sounded a bit too B movie, you know, like Revenge yeah, yeah. of So and So, or like yeah. uh, you know, like Frost Heart so, Two. The Stormbreaker yeah. Returns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, those the kind of things that were thrown around, and it's because it's that it's trying to find that balance of like trying to be inviting to kids who would be like, yeah, that sounds like really fun, and also just not sounding just awful. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. But, and Frost Heart Two was thrown around a bit, but I was just like, it just sounds a bit too sequely. You yeah, know, it, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, didn't write it. Like someone's like the first book and thought, you know what? I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna write a yeah. second one. Yeah, exactly. And and like and and as you said, like I, well, when I started with Frost Heart One, I was like, if anyone, even anyone, likes this book, I'll be happy. Like even if two people like it or one person, like um, you know, I've I've written something I'm proud of. It's gone out there. So like it had some really good reception, which I was really happy about, um, which did actually make the second book way more terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah, especially like, the, yeah, just like, because then it was like, oh, people are actually now expecting this to continue being good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can, uh, uh, you know, supply, but cool. like, yeah, luckily people seem to be reacting to this one even better than the first one. So did, I did you know that it was going to be a trilogy? I know we asked that at the start, but when like, when you said about puffing books, like doing the first one, when they were like, oh my God, we love this. Did you kind of go... It's two more, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah, uh, what, I think when when we announced that the book uh, had been that the deal was 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 made, like we announced that it was a trilogy, um, and I think I've always been quite open about it. But I swear it's the one question I get asked the most by yeah. by, uh, by fans is how many books will there be? When's the next one coming <laughs> out and stuff? Which is great, you know. I'm so happy that they're excited and and one more. But it's yeah. like. Um, uh, yeah, and, and now it's just like overwhelming disappointment that there's only three, which which I should take as a real yeah, compliment. Yeah, it, trilogy? I, I yeah. thought I said quadrology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quadrology. You need like an extended universe. That's what you need. Yeah, that's like, it. Um, like, you know. Who does it? Like, Tom Fletcher does it, doesn't he, with his, with like the Christmas yeah. Loris and... Uh, He's been really successful sort of set within that, the same so, world, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So do you think that's a possibility, sort of taking a different character on an adventure within yeah, that, that I, world. I really like, I, I do like that idea. Like I, I'm kind of torn because sometimes I think a story has its ending, you know, and I think, I, I think it's rare for like lightning to strike twice and you know, yeah. like that something successful, people really enjoy something. It's probably because of the energy and the soul of that thing at the time. Mm. Um, but I think like you're saying, I think if ever I was to return to, to that world, I would do it that way that I wouldn't do it with the characters we know. I'll try and do a completely different story 
in that world, but with completely different characters with a completely yeah. different vibe and atmosphere. I think, I think people can do that really well. And I, I do like that idea. I think if ever there was a sequel, it would be like that. Yeah, yeah. like that. Super. Yeah. So like with the characters then, so the main character of Ash, who, mm. you know, has his uh, group of misfits alongside him. I think Adam would fit in well with them, to be fair. Um, is, it, it, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is he based on anyone? Where did the inspiration for his character come from? Is it a collection, you know, bits from different people or someone, yeah, it, someone close to you? I, th- I think that's that kind of inevitably kind of leaks in, you know, like um, people I know and, and myself as well, um, because obviously I'm writing. So like a lot, I think every single character has a bit of my personality in them, which is probably not a great thing to say because there's like some pretty <laughs> evil characters in this story. You know, like, but I guess we've all got that side to us, you know, like, um, yeah. so yeah, but, but um, yeah, Lee, I mean, mostly I do think of like, what, what does the story need? What's going to be really fun? And like, I try and find a voice for that character. Like, I don't want just everyone to sound the same. Like, um, and that's something I definitely do is in like later drafts of the story is I just do like the voices draft or I just go through the entire book and try and make sure everyone sounds different and, yeah. and has it all like you know ticks in the way they speak and little um phrases and things like that um so that's all kind of like quite conscious but there will be some characters that I think you know I'll put like some in jokes with like some friends or like yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would never want to base one entirely on a friend or someone I know because I think they could take that potentially <laughs> quite badly legal yeah. <laughs> like your friend who's got a lazy eye and this character yeah. in, uh, in your book he's why is his eye yeah. a bit dodgy <laughs> <laughs> I was like my friend like my friend Bill and just like have a character called Bill in it and, and he's just like do, do you really see me like this you know I'm like, is this what I am to you, <laughs> you know, like, uh, which, uh, I think I could lose some friendships uh, that, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but you said before that you actually started as an illustrator and you've done plenty of work with with other authors um Danny Wallace being one Georgia Pritchett um you've even done illustrations for Enid Blyton is that right yeah it is so right yeah how did, how did that one come about yeah that was um that I, I think of that really funny because not only is obviously Enid Blyton like hugely famous and, and popular um I, at the time it was it was still quite early in my career and yeah. I'd, I'd done a few jobs and they'd gone, they'd gone well, you know, like it was kind of startup jobs and things like that. Um, but I remember it was, it was actually a bit of a dark patch where um, a job, I'd just been working with a, a, a really big publisher and the book that I got released was like, we were all happy with it, but it didn't do as well as it, it, you know, they wanted it to do yeah. that kind of fell through. And I was meant to do a book following that. And that kind of, you know, they didn't, they didn't, give that job to me because the other book um fell through so I was like oh that you know like pretty upset because that was the first yeah, time yeah. something like that had happened to me um and then I was trying to get another job uh was doing loads of samples for that and that didn't go through and I remember really panicking because I just um like recently quit my job in BHS to become a full-time illustrator <laughs> and my manager who I won't name but he wasn't my favorite person in the world he actually said to me as I left when when this little art thing fails, uh, you can come back and come back and get a job in BHS. And I was just like, I was like, who's laughing now? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah, not even BHS like, anywhere. When yeah, yeah, it was me. Like <laughs> when Frost Art came out, did you come, go through and go BHS? Big art yeah. still. <laughs> I would have if BHS was still there. 
yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm not vengeful at all. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but um, so I was really scared that I was like, oh my god, I'm actually going to have to walk back through those doors and say uh, my little art thing did fail and I need the job back. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. but luckily, like one the publisher who I had been working with, um, where where the book hadn't done as well, we'd got on really well, luckily, and you know we'd made a really good like um, professional relationship. And I was doing a lot of comics at the time um, and she'd seen some of that stuff. So it was very different to the work I'd done with her, which was all kind of like watercolors and yeah. things like that. So she, I remember it so well, cause I was like the lowest I'd been. And then I got this, this email just saying, we're thinking of revamping the famous five, you know, with kind of more modern illustrations. I love your comic stuff. Will you do some samples for me? And obviously I was trying to play quite hard to get and stuff, but really I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like running around my house. Did you like, take your uh, BHS badge off? Not yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Email back. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I just put everything I had into it. I just like, I sent so many samples, um, uh, you know, just, just uh, burning the midnight oil, just trying to get the characters yeah, yeah, right yeah. and stuff. And, um, and it, it was honestly like kind of like a, a, a kind of, um christmas carol-esque ending where it was like I, it was just like a week before christmas and uh, i hadn't heard from her for a while and again i was getting a bit nervous so i was like um finishing up like literally the last of my illustration jobs yeah, yeah. and she sent through an email just saying you got the job oh, <laughs> so it was like the best way to finish before christmas and everything what a, you know? what a lesson though what a lesson for, yeah. for anyone listening just just keep going yeah, yeah that, i mean it, it was yeah yeah, and, and, holiday and gifts in BHS as well would have been coming up. <laughs> yeah, madness yeah, exactly. round Boxing Day. I bet you're yeah. thinking trip, triple pay, but yeah, <laughs> and I've done enough that. Christmas shifts in BHS. Yeah, to know what we that used was to like, both work in Next. Well, before oh, we yeah. worked in schools, we both worked at Next. What were you going to say then? Before we made it, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we yeah, so we 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 were very familiar with that retail life oh, yeah. at one time and the yeah. hectic Christmas shifts. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I was What's like, the people that worked replenish. Re- replenish. Did you oh, have to yeah, do replen? That that was literally what I spent most of my day doing. <laughs> it was either till work or replen. Like, yeah. And like by by some of the points, like I'm sure you guys knew the shop was just there was nothing more you could do, you know. So yeah. you were just kind of like smoothing out clothing. Stuff, you know? like, <laughs> I bet your doodles on the back of receipt paper were yeah, so yeah, better exactly. than mine. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh man, yeah. But it, yeah, so it was like, and that was kind of the springboard for my career as well. So like that, that famous five. I mean, five, the famous five, five they are just, just yeah. timeless, aren't they? They're, I mean, exactly. I think when I was younger, I was a bit more of a secret sevensman, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think I, I think I'm the same as you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I read them both. But yeah, Secret Seven, they were a bit more like kind of the mystery. Yeah, the mystery side stuff, of things. Yeah, 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 I used that was to really love cool, them. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that's amazing, just, yeah, you know, nice. sticking with it. And yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, one thing that stands out with the book, it, I mean, the illustrations are uh, unreal. Um, oh, thank you very much. Really, really. I mean, you get that sort of feel of the sort of comic element coming through. I mean, yeah. you, look, you look through the book and straight away, I'm just like, this could easily be a film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's got. I would love it, it to be. Yeah, yeah. I'd love oh. it to be animated as well. Because I, like you say, like comics and animation. Like I've always like loved animation so much. Like no matter who's yeah. doing it, just like there's just that a magic to animation that that I think you only get from that. And for a long time, I wanted to be an animator. So that's like where I was kind of like pushing all my drawing and everything like that. Yeah. Um, um, so I think like 
the idea of an animated movie is is would be amazing. But, uh, that's that's yeah, a dream, though, is it? I um, yeah. We had an author visit our school years ago. Um, can't remember his name. I think it was so Alan Gibbons. Oh, cool. And Alan Gibbons, I think it was called. Yeah. yeah. And um, we were we were just chatting, making small talk, and he said that he nearly had one of his books um, sort of picked up by Hollywood as a film. And oh, I remember, always remember him saying, he said, that'd have been me set for life. I wouldn't have had to do another day's work. In my, and I just think, and, he's, and he was going on about more Pergo because it was around about the time that War Horse was right, made yeah, by yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, and then he was just like, that'd have been me made. For, but it didn't end up end up happening. But yeah, it must, that yeah, must you, be... Uh, you uh, hear so many stories of that, of like, of like um, Hollywood studios, pick, like almost picking up someone's book yeah. and things like... Yeah, I think I think it would obviously be really nice. I'm 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 actually really careful to try and not think too much about it because I think I love books. I really do, and I try and I just when I'm making this thing, I just try and think, what's the best book I can make? Oh and, yeah, yeah. And you hope that maybe you know things may follow on from that, but if they don't, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to to have. I don't it. think they'd have the same effect if you tried to write it kind of as a film. Yeah, when you're trying to do it authentically at the start, it's just like you know the way you're doing it. This is I, I can see it now. I, I'd yeah. like a little voice roll, just throwing it in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get creative, yeah. Get creative, right? Does, does Stormbreaker sound like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do um, like yeah, like some like dramatic music, like yeah. you know, merge together a big trailer and stuff. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Awesome. Yeah, it would yeah, be. Yeah. It would be great. And so yeah. the book, the book's out now. Did you say October first was when it came out? Yeah, October first yeah. it came out. Yeah, um, and yeah, which is uh, really exciting. So absolutely hard to believe it's back out in the world <laughs> yeah and and so with the first book you were sort of saying before that you when when the book was released there was lots of traveling there was lots of visits and that's not mm. happening as much yeah and it, it's I think that's a real it's a real shame because um like writing and illustrating is is so solitary like you can yeah, go a yeah. bit mad because you're just you're kind of in your brain all the time like um uh you're you're just always thinking uh, on your own you're drawing on your own so like there's something you, you can kind of and even when I finish artwork or writing you send it via email to yeah, your yeah. publishers and so it's it, you can sometimes feel like I'm I'm really the only one seeing this you know you don't really see anyone else's reaction to it so there's something so amazing about actually being able to see people react to it and people yeah, yeah who can tell you that they enjoy it or don't enjoy it as the case may be, <laughs> you know, like, um, uh, cause kid, as, as you guys probably know, kids can be pretty harsh critics. I think they'll oh, just, they'll just yeah. tell you what they think, you know, like, um, we were laughing the other day because we found a, like in one of the reading corners in the classroom, a child had just, you know, uh, left a little bit of a present, uh, basically used the reading corner for, uh, for the toilet. Oh, no. And there's a nice little <laughs> log there. And I just thought it was the nicest review because it was like literally next to a book. I think it was a David Walliams book, actually. And I just felt like the first book review ever. <laughs> Take a picture and put it on Amazon or something. You know? <laughs> what a choice of, you know, you, you always like something to read when you're on the toilet. I bet you were just like, couldn't choose then just like, you know what, I'll just go in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I don't know if I would have recovered from that review. Yeah, yeah. Just count yourself lucky even that had one of those reviews. We are absolutely buzzing to be sponsored this week by PE Passport, which is your complete PE planning, tracking and assessment tool. 
There are over 200 different units of work with lessons containing instructional diagrams and videos to help teachers. We've been using this for a number of years in our school. It's absolutely brilliant. You're just about to start in your school as yeah, well, we aren't are, you? Yeah. It has all sorts of reporting and an analysis tool to help you get a complete overview of PE and sport in your school, events and competitions, calendar, extracurricular club tracking and registers, full subject leader toolbox containing essential documents such as skills and knowledge progression, your whole intent implementation, impact statement. It's just all there for you. And you can get a free trial. And if you quote Mr. P, you will also get a 10% discount. Honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. Well worth looking at. Even if you're not a PE coordinator and you don't feel as confident teaching PE, this is just your the best tool that you can use to help you make the most of that subject. So head over to primarypepassport.co.uk. That's primarypepassport.co.uk today. stories uh uh mr p's bringing the heat uh ha <laughs> can y'all hear that can y'all hear that ha <laughs> check it out yeah <laughs> um so i mean how how I, I mean yeah the book the book the pictures are amazing how important to you to you are those illustrations to your sort of story yeah, I think for me, I do think it depends on what story you're telling. But I think like like a lot of things, it 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 can add so much. It can make something richer. So you know, like um, like storytelling. I love storytelling, no matter mm. how it comes. But you know, like for instance, like um, like movies and stuff can use like um, time and sound to like you know like music yeah. and things to its advantage. And like comics are really good at telling action because unlike in a book where you'll be like. He punched him in the gut. He gave him an uppercut. He flipped him. You know, it can read a bit like a horrible list and stuff, but a comic just shows that without any of those kind of descriptives. And I think it's the same with a book. Like, I think books without pictures are like really great and like you can lose yourself in them. But I think if you're trying to tell the story I am, which is like, like right from the beginning, we knew it was going to be really heavily illustrated and we really wanted it to feel almost like you picked something up from another world, you know? So like, this the snow sea the world the book set in we wanted this to feel like it was like an artifact from that place you know so and i think illustration just like it makes that so much richer you know mm-hmm. like so you can you can have all these symbols and icons and hopefully like really trigger the reader's imagination really kind I, of i feel you get this sort of uh immersive in, you, you you're immersed into that world yeah exactly like i think it can uh like I don't eat, like I, I think it can definitely help immerse like for instance reluctant readers um mm. but I think it goes beyond that like even like I read all the time but I love like when you get this like really heavily illustrated book and you you see just like so much imagination and world building which is one yeah. of the things I love the most you know like these people like how they dress and what they use and and how their architecture looks and how you know like yeah, as you said, immersion, it's just so immersive because you, you feel like you're almost stepping into that world, you know. Yeah. And I think I think that's something illustration's really good at doing. It's just yeah. it can add something that perhaps doesn't necessarily come through in the text, you know. Like um yeah. you know, sometimes you'll read a book and you'll absolutely love it and you have a picture of it in your head. And I think that's amazing as well. But then you like watch, for instance, like a, a movie remake and it looks nothing like what you pictured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that can be really fun and exciting and cool, but I think 
if you really want them to have this, this is what the world is and stuff, you know, like I think yeah. illustration really. I need illustrations. I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you that. I, it, you know, a book full of words is, it's not the book for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, people like you that give me a job. So I'm really happy. That, you know, well, I know your book's aimed at children, but hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to hear that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love, I still love reading illustrated books. So I think yeah. there is like a magic there that you, it's, it's hard to explain. But yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah. We yeah, do yeah. like in our school, we do um, at least a unit of work each year with each year, you know, every class will do it a unit of work in English based around a wordless picture book and honestly oh, cool. the, the, yeah. the stuff you can get out of it is just done but you know st- yeah, yeah some of the Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown stuff Sean Tan books we use yeah some- uh, Sean Tan I'm a massive fan of he's incredible yeah. yeah 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 he did that entire graphic novel I think it's The Arrival where it's just yeah yeah there's not one word in it and but you can tell what's going on the atmosphere the yeah, yeah so good yeah he's he's a master mate, that guy like yeah so how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you well. find um sort of moving from being an illustrator to then becoming an author was it fairly straightforward because you'd been able to work with so many authors before or was it quite yeah it, I mean again it's kind of a mixture of the two like I think I think um like even from a a kid I knew I loved storytelling so like even when I was doing pictures I was thinking of the story behind it so I would rarely like just draw something because it was a pretty picture I would think who these characters are there'd be a story behind it this thing's coming in because of this and you know like and I used to just I used to draw loads and loads of comics or like pretend I was making my own movies you know like I remember I watched Jurassic Park and I was just obsessed with Jurassic Park. So I basically retold my own Jurassic Park just through pictures and words and things like that. So it was always like when I, when I graduated from uni, it was always something I wanted to do was, was write the story and, and, and draw the, the illustrations. Um, and it just so happened that I got into illustration easier, as, as we were saying earlier, that it, like my writing did need a bit more work and a bit more like, um, uh, uh, progression and, and stuff like yeah yeah exactly but um so yeah like I think it, it came naturally in that I, I was always doing it behind the scenes like I was always writing and I was always drawing um so so when I got to do both like when I actually got taken by the publisher it, well, it, well, it sounds so cheesy but it was a dream come true you know and it was like more exciting than anything but as you said like having spoken to so many authors having like gone to see so many publishers and seen how like because I would often get texts given to me to illustrate before any edits had happened or anything so I would see how the book changed as well you know you realize that even these incredible authors were still like quite heavily edited and things you know you would you you would you would kind of get this window into that world and um yeah so it was kind of it was kind of it felt kind of natural to me but obviously there were still loads of things I needed to learn Mm. um uh, but I think that's with anything, you know, and you, I, I don't think you ever stop learning as well. Like you, there's always stuff you can improve on. I can vouch for that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I've learned so much. It must be, it must be a hell of a feeling though. Cause have you ever had anyone say to you, well, you've said to someone like, Oh, I've written a book and it's been published and they go, no way. Who does the illustrations? Like this guy again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously. Like, uh, and, and some people like some people, I mean, to me, obviously, because it's the world I'm in and it's what I know. And like, I've got so many friends who are illustrators and a lot of those illustrators write as well. So it's the world I'm in. But like some people, which I find really lovely, like they kind of, they they can't comprehend it. It's like, what? You, you drew those pictures 
and you wrote that and it's like yeah yeah you know like yeah, yeah it's just amazing it's great you know which is really it's really lovely it's really heartwarming like um and the, uh, the ultimate question what comes first the pictures or the story uh, at the beginning, and this is a bit of a cheat question, they kind of both come at the same time because I write, I, I tend to write loads of notes. So I'll write this, like, like how I see the story going, the characters, and I'll often draw next to them. So like my notebooks are just full of like sketch, like the, the doodles are like quite rough. Like I don't think many people would really understand what I draw except for me. Even sometimes I'm like, what, what the hell is that? You know, <laughs> like, um, but, uh, so it kind of starts at the same time, but then, then it's definitely kind of like the words. I think especially a story that big, it's like I kind of need to know what's going on yeah. um, before I start drawing it. But, but as I'm writing it, I am like, like you could pause the writing at any moment and I would be like, yeah, I know what I would draw here, you know, because I, I think my brain kind of sees it as a movie, you know, so it's all moving yeah, pictures, yeah. pictures and dialogue and stuff at the same time. So it's like, I, I think the illustration side comes quite naturally. So I'm kind of like trying to focus on the newer thing to me, which is writing, you know, try and tell the best story you possibly can. And then, then draw the pr- pictures at the end, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so um, how much, it, so we're going to take it back. Cause obviously our podcast, we talk a lot about school. What, yeah. what, what sort of, what were you like when you were at school? Were you, uh, did you enjoy it? Were you a bit of a, someone who made I, wrong choices? <laughs> I think unfortunately I think I was kind of boring at school I think I was like I was quite especially at primary school I was quite quiet like I would kind of be the kid the kid who was at the back kind of just doing what I was told like doing what I needed to do um uh, I always wanted to do well so I would I would try my hardest to like listen and stuff but I was also quiet enough that if I was struggling I wouldn't put my hand up and ask yeah. you know like I would I would just suffer in silence in the background like um yeah, I got I got a bit more a bit more like loud and stuff in secondary school, but um, yeah, definitely. I guess yeah, just kind of boring, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> just the quiet kids, you know, in the corner. Yeah. Really. Did you like, always uh, want it to yeah. be? I mean, when you were younger, if you were asked when you were like eight, nine years old, what you wanted to be when you were older, was it always what you do now, or did you have a different? Yeah, no, I think it was. It was always. Um, it was always like. Uh, I think I think in my head I, I saw myself going into movies because I don't think yeah. you necessarily understand like all the different jobs you can get mm. in a creative thing when you're that old so like I was just like um I want to like again I was obsessed with Jurassic Park so I think I was just like I want to make Jurassic Park you know that's the job <laughs> I want but, but it was definitely that thing you know when when you're that age and there's like there's always the best person at something in the class and I always remember it was like the best drawer would be like me or this guy called Ben Ben Bradbury and like you know it was that thing like if anything ever needed drawing or whatever the whole class would kind of turn around and look at us you know <laughs> so it's this kind of like rivalry between me and like ben, a stare like, off like, 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 like yeah pencils. it's like spinning pencils like as Ben made yeah. it as ben, yeah, like, as ben got his own uh, trilogy on the way or no i don't know what happened to ben in the end actually like um, looks like he wasn't as good as you yeah yeah like, well, <laughs> well. doing bhs one in <laughs> yeah i this is making me sound so vindictive and like uh, you know like good <laughs> that evil person in the box ben. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no, Ben was lovely. I don't, I don't, I, I kind of lost contact with him recently, but like, um, yeah, but he, uh, it was always kind of between us. Um, so 
that was that kind of competitive streak. Like uh, so in your art lessons, were you the one? You know, the teacher would always hold up what a good one looks like because it always yeah, and it, it, it was like that, and it was. Yeah. It, but, I, but again, because I was quite quiet, I used to hate that, you know, like I, because everyone would look my way and I'll just be like, because oh, I was always the type that would draw and not show anyone as well. It took, it took years before my parents even realized how much I was drawing because I would just draw and then like hide it away, you know, like I, I've, I've always been. And they were relieved. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, it's like, what is he doing? Like, he's just so quiet. He's just in like, his room for hours yeah, on it. Yeah. And then you come out with your arms shaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's many, there's many worse things that that could, uh, that that could lead to, I think. Like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so like, uh, yeah, but I did, I, I, I definitely enjoyed primary school. Like I had a really, it was like a, I had a really close class. Like we were all like really nice. There was no real like bullies or anything. It was just like secondary school was a bit, a bit of a different thing. You know, I think everyone at secondary school is like, it's, it's yeah. difficult, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, again, I had like amazing friends at secondary school, but um, I went to a, a boys school as well, which is always like, you know, it was just like, just this constant rush to be like, who's the hardest. And like, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of lucky because, I think well, at sorry, primary school, it's uh, it's basically all boys are bothered about primary school. Who's the fastest? Exactly, right? Like, yeah, and it's then, just like who can school. kick the ball the hardest. Or, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And then secondary school, it's like who's the hardest, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, was that- I was quite lucky because I was about this height when I joined secondary school and I'm, I'm just under six foot. So at the time, I was a giant. So I was oh, kind of yeah. left alone. But then everyone kind of outgrew me as uh, as a uh, school went on. I was like, yeah. Was it was it a rugby school you went to? <clears throat> it was very much a rugby school. Yeah, yeah, play? yeah. I did. I used to um, I used to play for um, the team up until it was everyone about year. No- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And suddenly I was like mulched into the mud. Like every <laughs> now, what it actually was, in all seriousness, is that um, practice happened on Sunday mornings, and we're talking like nine o'clock Sunday morning and I just hated that so much like because I I was such a weekend kid I loved my weekends and I was just like I don't want to do it (laughs) so I just like I just quit like yeah yeah we went went to an all boys uh rugby school sort of thing and yeah I I always remember in my year particularly it was two lads who just seemed to sort of hit puberty from year seven and for the first th- few years, they just used to dominate rugby. Oh, like every God, rugby man. game, the tactic, the t- teacher just be like, pass it, pass it to Williamson. Give it to them. Yeah, the yeah. Every time. But then eventually. Oh, we definitely on. had them. Yeah. Because I've always been about this skinny, like a noodle. <laughs> but we, we had people who were like probably over six foot in my school who were like, you know, like a tank, you know, like they, they would just, just charge you. But I also remember we had this, this kid who was like, um, he was from New Zealand and obviously coming from a big rugby heritage, he and his family were just so keen that he played rugby and got into the rugby team. But unfortunately he was just terrible. Like, <laughs> and I remember feeling so sorry for him, like, because he would, he would give it his all, you know, you could tell he had the passion, but. Uh, <laughs> did he do a, he, did he yeah, do a hacker he, before and everyone was like, Whoa, yeah, yeah. He's so good. And he's just like. <laughs> thing, you would like, you would throw the ball to him and he would almost do like, um, like a cartoon run, you know, where he would like charge up on the spot before he even ran anywhere and stuff yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I genuinely us. felt sad for him, even at school when it, it was the, it was your duty to kind of make fun of people. I think everyone didn't because they were like, 
they just felt too sorry for him. You know? oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So would you say that art was always your favourite subject at school? Um, it's, it's hard because like I would think, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but I'd say no, because I right. think like I found my, my the, and it's not because of the teachers. I, I actually liked my art teachers, but I found art really uninspiring at school. Yeah. I think what it was was because like, especially as a kid, you're not, you just want to draw what you want to draw. And I think that like, like reading as well, like you should encourage kids just to read for fun. Like, yeah. And same with drawing. I think that, well, like, I mean, art's not only drawing, obviously art's like so many things. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing I found they would often like get you to look at the masters, which is important, but I think perhaps later on. So they'll be like, this is Van Gogh or this is Picasso copy them you know like so you well, like you know it's terrible like, yeah yeah exactly like, terrible, aren't they? yeah and, and you, there's no that you've got no desire to do that you've got you've not really necessarily been explained what the artists were actually trying to do or achieve and like um so uh, and also like when you're just trying you're, when you're like an eight-year-old kid or something you just draw you want to draw like monsters and dinosaurs and superheroes and stuff you don't necessarily want to draw an apple still life or something oh, you know like yeah so i think like I didn't mind art like I did enjoy the art lessons but also it was kind of like the, the DOS lesson as well you know like my my t- in all through my school years like the kids just went mental in, in the art lessons so oh, like, it was definitely and, it was definitely the DOS lesson yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah so so most of the lesson was just like even if I wanted to nothing was getting done you know so like um yeah, so my art was all done at home, really. It was kind of self. Did you, used to, did you have one of those oh, massive sort of like what they called display? People who had who did art. Oh, yeah, like the big like red folders that had like oh, the black wheel oh, yeah. black one paper. A one paper. That you oh man, I, I've got so many of those folders. My my parents are um, have just moved house, and uh, they every time I speak to them on the phone or see them, they're like we need you to go through those folders because like there's literally like a room just filled with them you know i want i want sharpened a pencil to the end in art that was was the best tactic pencil and then by the time the bell went i was like it's just nothing anymore it's out you know what though that's art you can pass yeah seriously Put that into uh, into the uh, the summer the summer exhibition or something, and uh, you, you might you might win a few thousand. There's nothing. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that piece. Yeah. What is it? It used to be a pencil, but I sharpened it all. <laughs> a metaphor for our lives, yeah. <laughs> like the fragility I, um, of our My art teacher, because I didn't have the same. You had Roderick, didn't we you? Had Roderick, which yeah. you've talked about on the podcast. I had. We had loads of different art teachers. It seemed to be one of those subjects where. You'd have one one teacher for one term, another. I always remember we had this this scouse woman who was just obsessed with shading. Why is it not shade? And you just have to draw like pictures of random things, like a coke bottle, and then she just inspects. Oh yeah, shading. <laughs> yeah, we had a very similar. Except, uh, I don't even know what her accent was. She sometimes she was Irish. She would get a bit of Jamaican in there. She would like I we to this day don't know where she was from. Um, she was a nice lady, but she she was yeah she was very much that it was like I, I think we even drew a coat like a crushed coat can and i think that's kind of classic you know like um and yeah. uh she was obsessed with ellipses and she yeah she'd be like ellipses like you know she'd say it and so we were like oh and to this day i draw ellipses and i i think of her and and yeah. i think i and and I, I remember like during parents evening being told my parents were told jamie needs to work on his ellipses and it's like what is your fascination with ellipses it's so weird like yeah 
But I still, I still think of her to this day for that reason, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, um, was there any subjects at school that you absolutely despised that were just like your worst and you used to dread? Yeah, def- definitely maths. I think yeah. I, 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 to this day, I can't do maths. I still count on my fingers and like, you know, <laughs> like um, it was one of those things that in the lesson, I kind of understood what was being told to me as soon as I left the lesson, I didn't have a clue, you know, like, and I think, I think that was the reason that I hated it was that everyone else just seemed to get it. And I was just like, I, I don't know why I'm not getting this, you know, like, um, but I said, like, I was never one to kind of reach out to the teacher and say, help me. Yeah. So I would just like, so yeah, I, I've just always been bad at maths. Never. It, it, like literally some of it just looks like hieroglyphics to me, that, and, you know, like uh, <laughs> definitely one of the worst things as a kid though. Like when you sat mm. in a lesson and, and you can just tell that people are you know, like when you say, okay, start. And then you see people going through a test and then you're just oh, sat no. there on question one, just like <laughs> yeah. trying to have a look at, see if you can glance at an answer here or there. But then yeah. when, when someone goes, easy this and you're just like oh my god (laughs) yeah and seriously I I, it happened to me so much and I do remember it was in year nine actually where I had like my my biggest like drop drop from uh from 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 uh uh, I can't think of the word you know it just it was such a a bad time was there because again like all my math teachers are actually quite good as well except for my year nine teacher where again like I think the set I was in that it was again it became like a DOS lesson so I and it wasn't until we had the test that year that I realized how little I'd learned because like <laughs> nothing in the test made sense to me at all. And like, oh man, it was, it, that was, that was such a terrible test. You know, when people talk about exams, I just think of that exam, you know, where you, yeah, you think yeah. I'll go on to the next one, I'll go on to the next one. And the questions are just getting harder and harder and harder. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm not going to answer one question in this test. Like, yeah, it was, oh, it was so bad. Were there any other sort of subjects that you enjoyed? Because I thought with like maths, was it everything about maths or was the because like obviously when it came to things like graph uh, and and sort of shape as an artist, would you? Yeah, not have I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If I could draw a picture, I was happy, you know. Like, uh, yeah, but the apples, the yeah. apples that were five had some great reading, <laughs> and it was like show your working. I would just draw myself, like. <laughs> Draw like writing the exam, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a uh, thought bubble coming out of my head. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like again, like there was some maths that I did actually quite enjoy. I suppose, like, I think it was just, I think it was that, like, I think, yeah, I guess thinking about it, it was just that act of like feeling like I didn't understand it, just feeling so out of my depth. Yeah, um, I remember even in GCSE because I try, I really tried for my GCSEs, and I remember revising my butt off for every exam and I remember just going through my maths books just being like I'm just gonna see how this goes in the exam (laughs) (laughs) luckily luckily I knew what was coming and I worked so hard on the coursework that I think I walked into the exam with a d so or like you know like I, I needed to get like only a certain amount of marks before I would have had a D. name on the paper exactly like yeah so I was like I'm just gonna have to see how this goes I actually ended up getting a C which was the I was just so proud of myself you know yeah, you like, yeah. over the barcodes because yeah. that's an absolute no-no <laughs> do, do you actually get marked down for that because I, yeah. I I was genuinely quite scared yeah. like yeah yeah, when it was like, leave this space blank, I was like, oh my God. Hitting <laughs> yeah, yeah. it like, this yeah, it's like, come on, Jamie, you're better than this. <laughs> yes. 
um, so overall, would you say school was like a positive experience for you? You enjoyed it? Um, what sort yeah, of I, would you say it's had on where you are today? I, I do think so. I think, I think there, there were like, especially, especially secondary school, there were things I really didn't like. I was quite, I didn't enjoy going to school and stuff per se. Mm. But then I said like, I think I had like an amazing friends there who I still am friends with to this day. Um, and I, I actually do think about certain lessons, which I really enjoyed. Like, so, like I, I did actually go to a really good school and like, I had some amazing teachers who were like, like, again, like my English teacher, for instance, was, was amazing. He was like really funny. He was that kind of teacher that you wouldn't mess with him, you know, but he had, yeah. he had respect of the class, but he, he could also have a laugh with you guys and stuff, yeah. you know? So like it, he, he was really cool. And I think that's, I, especially like creative writing, funnily enough, I used to love doing that stuff with, with him. And like, um, um, I did actually really enjoy. Yeah. Like I, I think, it, I, I think school as well, like they really, uh, like hammered into us, like the importance of like working hard, trying to like, trying to do well basically and I think that did rub off I think school it's hard for school not to rub off on you isn't it because you spend yeah. so you know like your formative years there kind of thing and it's like um yeah I think I think I think like most kids I didn't like going to school but looking back on it I kind of look, look back on it fondly and when me and my mates meet up we, we're always like laughing about school and like yeah. you know funny lessons and yeah I, I think it was a good experience to be honest and any, I think any funny stories any stories that like is the one story you always still laugh about now? There's, there's like, there's, there's one in particular. There's so, because I was thinking about this question and there's a lot that I'm like, there's so many stories I could tell. A lot of them involving um, uh, a bit like you were telling me the kid who left the review in the library. <laughs> there's a few <laughs> that involve that kind of thing. But I think the one, the one that, um, that, uh, me and my friend, uh, a story I speak about. I'm trying to think which one to tell here. Sorry, I'm like uh, <laughs> trying to think which one would be funnier. Maybe my, my acting career in school is a good right. one because I really love drama. I really loved like acting. And I said, like, I kind of wanted to be in movies and stuff. Um, so I was like, this, this, is, this is what I'm going to put all my effort into. You know, like it's going to be wicked. And I was just constantly given terrible roles. So like, I remember in the first one, uh, I can't even remember what we were doing. The first play, I was put on like triangle, like, you know, like not even a good <laughs> instrument, you know, just some, uh, just like they're occasionally dinging my you thing. You're struggling in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jamie. It, Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and then it went on to the the next one, which we did. We like, you know, sometimes you have like assemblies and stuff, but then you, we did like a big, like, um, uh, school production where every year was involved and we yeah. like went all out like it was going to be like a ticketed thing the parents would come in the evening we did all the sets the costumes and we were doing a uh, joseph and his technic and the technicolor dream coat and in that i was cast as a um a sheaf of corn <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and at this point I like because um you know usually then you're like depending on what year like the higher years used to get given like the better roles and stuff and I was kind of in the middle years at this time maybe like year four I think but my brother was two years younger than me so he was two years below 
he was given the role of a sheep. And I was like, <laughs> at least he's a sentient being, you know, like I'm literally an inanimate object, you know, like I'm not even growing anymore. I think I was like cut from the thing and collected, you know, so like I was just there as, as a sheaf of corn, you know, like whilst, jo- yeah, whilst Joseph's singing about his, uh, his dreams and stuff. And in the next play, you know, this is getting to like year five. I think I was, um, upgraded in the the music department which was always kind of the rubbish department to be in anyway to tambourine which was at least kind of like at least some (laughs) but then I remember in year six I was like I was so happy because we did this we did this play it's such a weird play I feel like it's partly a fever dream but like it was called um big city dreams and it's kind of like a mixture of Oliver Twist meets back to the future it's like these these kids get sent back to Victorian London and like and I got the role of the big fat jolly policeman, which was actually a really good role. Like he actually did loads. He was involved in the story. I had my own song. So I like, I practiced the hell out of this role. You know, I was like, I was doing everything. I was, I was, method, just oh eat, man, eat, yeah, yeah. 10,000 calories a day. Yeah, like, like Christian Bale. I was like, <laughs> I was like 20 stone at this point. I was like uh, going to the police station as much as I could, practicing my singing voice. Like, um, and I remember on the first, the, the opening night, because I think we did about three or four of these performances. You know, they're really trying to get, yeah, get yeah. you into the kind of theatre spirit, which I loved. They, um, I remember sitting backstage and I was getting really nervous and like um, preparing to go on. And I remember sneezing, but I somehow, and I don't know if I've ever done this since, managed to like pull a muscle in my side <laughs> So I was like, I was in so much pain, you know, like, and genuinely so scared. And they're like, right, Jamie, it's time for you to go on. It's time for you to go on. (laughs) And I was just like, I can't, I can't stand. I can barely sing. Um, And I was like, this is my big role. This is my make and break moment. You know, there's, there's scouts out in the audience, you know, like. uh, And you would have wished um, you'd had a corn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like I was made it's for that role that your bat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I just remember I remember like having I guess it was quite uh quite the show must go on like I just had yeah. to like take a deep breath and go on stage but I, I remember genuinely being agony and I also remember I had to like handcuff everyone um but I was in so much pain trying to do my lines that I remember just handing the handcuffs to one of the actors who I was meant to be handcuffing. So I'm just there panicking, handcuffing everyone. He's just holding these handcuffs. I'm just like, you know, can barely sing my song because my side hurts so much. So yeah, uh, it was basically the, the, the end of my acting career before it even begun. You know? <laughs> was, like, was the guy yeah. who was your uh, arch rival at drawing just there going like, Scooby yeah. Man! Doing <laughs> 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 these incredible dance numbers. And like, yeah, yeah. That's where I know his name. He's, uh, he's, in, uh, he's in the West End at the moment. On a, <laughs> on a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh man. So yeah, it's... It, it's it's just a sad tale really like a sad tale of, of, of terrible roles you know made yeah. you the man you are today yes uh, exactly <laughs> so so on the podcast we sort of have different different features one of the features we have uh is like random things that you only find in primary school is there anything that you can think of from your school days where you just like, I've never seen that again? It was just random. Didn't really understand it at the time. You still don't really understand it now. Ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ellipses. What's going on with that? I think actually slightly related to the tale I just told, 
is the triangle. Like, I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen it used anywhere other than school. Like, where, like I, I've seen orchestras play in the Royal Albert Hall. I've seen, like, bands, and like, I love music. I go and see live mu- music as much as possible. I've got lots of friends in mu- the music industry. What, who plays the triangle? What is it? Like, <laughs> and yet every school seems to have one. I don't know. Like, yeah, I think no, it's for the right. kid who can't act and he's just given. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It must have been created for that one person who needed a role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't offer anything else, like, right? Exactly. <laughs> and also hidden, them. and it was always like in this like weird little cubby, you know, in like the school halls. I don't know if your school is the same yeah. way. You can draw yeah. the curtains and you keep all the benches and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. That is where we were playing. Like, just draw the <laughs> curtains. It's like, they're there. Like, uh, it's like, yeah. but they won't see us. It's like, but they'll hear you, you know. It's did, you fine. Come out, did you come out for the end round of applause? Yeah, I think, I genuinely, I think we had, we all got to play our instrument. We had, like, maracas going on. Like, yeah. and it was like, ding, you know, like, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I don't think I've ever seen a triangle since primary school no, that's no, a great no. shout that no yeah, tambourine yeah. when you said tambourine i was thinking you've got to give it the old liam gallagher coming yeah out. i was gonna say oasis you, you know they, they made that, that out, cool, yeah. you? you can make yeah that. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I even think like the coolest person on the planet would struggle with a triangle like <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're doing nothing with it half the time <laughs> If you swap the triangle for Liam Gallagher's tambourine, he comes out and says, I said maybe. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't really have any place in a song except for that ending as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, oh man. Yeah, I, I, doubt, uh, I doubt Liam Gallagher could even make that. Oh, no, I couldn't pull that <laughs> Um So if you could be in charge of education for the day, what, what, is there anything that you'd change about school's education? Um, yeah, this is this is a really hard question, I think. And I think like there's many more people qualified than I <laughs> to to answer it. I think like honestly being seriously, I guess it would be like from my experience would be um less emphasis on on um uh exams, I suppose, you know, like because I know like coursework really helped me get through it, um, uh, especially things like maths and stuff. Um and I think it was just that act of like building towards something, like kind of actively trying to build up this this kind of like project or something. And especially like coming from such an art background, art was basically made of coursework. And I always thought it was the most ridiculous thing that in in art we had to we were we were tested. We had like a timed painting that was the exam, you know. And it was just yeah. like it's just so unrealistic to what you end up going off to do in in the art world Absolutely. and stuff. Like um, so. Yeah, and I guess like, I mean, I was quite lucky that I was actually really good at exams in the sense that I have really good memory retention. So I used to just be able to get all my books out, absolutely memorize everything I needed and like do well in exams. But if you ask me now, like half of that stuff, I wouldn't be able to tell you necessarily. And I think like when you're actually made to do something, I think you learn so much better. And I, I, you know, uh, it's been a long time since I've been in school, so it's probably really different anyway like you know you guys would know like um, I, I just sometimes wonder whether you if you were in the education system now where the sort of art subjects are or have been undervalued in the past few mm. years like so much more emphasis especially in secondary is put on mm. the core subject you know would that have influenced you to be where you are today it sometimes yeah. frustrates me in that we don't value the arts 
as yeah. a, as a, you know in education as much as we saw. Well, you see with things going on at the minute where the government came out yesterday and were like exactly oh, another career. Yeah, no, honestly, and I agree with you totally. I think like I, I think it is like you, you think about the amount of incredible things art is involved with, like just people's. The things people enjoy day to day, you wouldn't have that without people in the arts. And I think, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, what you you know, what was said um, recently is is a perfect example of how undervalued that is. And I, and I, and and as we were saying, it was always the DOS lesson, or it was it, it was always here's some poster paints, yeah. <laughs> copy this or paint a ball or something, you know. And it, yeah, and it it does it does. But I guess it go like you know, like yeah, it, it is hard, like. I remember going to one school because we we had like a kind of um, so I've just realised how dark it is in my place. I'm just going to turn on the light. Uh, we had uh, one uh, school that I used to go to for photography because I uh, I ended up doing photography and I had to go yeah. to another school. So we had like this kind of um, uh, uh, I've forgotten what they called it. Is it consortium? You know, like three schools basically that kind of we used to like swap round for like their facilities and stuff. And I went to use their photography lab, and I remember this was like the art school in the area and it was just so different um it like the facilities the way just the way the 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 students thought like they thought like artists for us we were all coming all the kids from my school were coming in still just like we're gonna paint ellipses you know like um, <laughs> and then I I went on to do an art foundation with a lot of these these guys from this school and like just the the head start they had going in like on, you know just it sounds so so cliche and stuff, but thinking out the box, thinking expressively and wanting to make these like big, cool, arty statements, you know, like um, already dressing like cool guys and stuff, you know, <laughs> like, uh, whereas the rest of us were still like, what, what is art? You know, like, um, and, and it was foundation that kind of made me fall in love with art as a whole, you know, because yeah. that was where they, they, you know, that you could feel the passion and the energy that was going into it and stuff, you know, so so yeah, I, I guess I guess that <laughs> would be my changes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. getting them to think outside the box. Right, last yeah. uh, last question. Um, so, if you could travel back in time and meet your ten year old self, what advice would you would you give yourself? I think the first advice I would give myself would be to I would tell him all about a story about a boy wizard who gets an invite to Hogwarts <laughs> <and> to write <laughs> this big story. <laughs> And become a big millionaire. But, um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, and this is a bit of a lame one, it makes me sound a bit old, but um, I'm reminding myself now, is to sit up straight because <laughs> to focus on my posture. Because when I'm writing and drawing and everything, I think I literally sit like a prawn, you know? <laughs> like I'm like sometimes almost making a full circle, you know? <laughs> like, uh, and I've got such a bad back at the moment. I'm like going to osteopathy. I'm having to like... These stretches every night. Yeah. Oh, you, you could. Have, it's you, an important one. You could, that is, yeah. It's a. It's an extremely important one. But if you gave me like, if you put ten grand in front of me and said, "What is he going to say to his ten-year-old self?" I'd have been like, "Follow your dreams. You know, never give up. <laughs> Sit straight." <laughs> I thought. I thought. I when I was thinking about uh, this, and I was like, "Yeah, just just keep on working." You know, like. It's yeah. all going to be all right in the end. Don't let VHS get you down. But I was like, no, in all honesty, to, to not be in pain in my day-to-day life would just be such a treat That's right now. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. what it is, I guess it goes, and I think, I think lots of people could learn from this, is, is just that self-care thing of like, I think like it's so easy. Like, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but certainly like there's a big thing, for instance, on social media with artists where we like, 
we literally work until we burn out just because we feel like we should. Yeah. Um, just because it's like, it's almost the cool, respectable thing to do. It's like, oh my God, I've got so much work to do. I barely even eat dinner. Like I haven't had a weekend off in two years. Like, and it's like, why are we celebrating that? You know, and, and I, I definitely was guilty of that. And like, I, I had like carpal tunnel. I had like, like, you know, hand problems. My back's killing me. Like it was just so, it was and that's just, just like, from drawing. Just, just from drawing, just from like being in terror. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. This goes back. This okay, goes back to that earlier. The earlier. <laughs> My parents, if they're listening, would be like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> it's a different hand. It's a different hand. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, yeah, that that would be that would be my my advice to myself yeah, and yeah. to follow my dreams. <laughs> yeah. like my, one of my biggest like, and this is something I constantly try and tell my own kids. Like, golden rules of life is comparison. You know, comparison is a thief of joy. And I think so many, and I say this to teachers all the time. You go onto the likes of Twitter and Facebook, and you see these amazing displays, and you see all this amazing work, and it can really make you feel inadequate, oh, man, yeah. like you're not good enough, and. You've yeah. got to be I couldn't agree, but I really like that quote, actually. It's, it, yeah, it, you yeah. hit the nail on the head, I think, because it's, it's exactly the same with us. It's like, in one hand, it's like, it's this amazing resource of like incredible inspiration. Yeah, it yeah. also just weighs down on you so much. You're like, why aren't I that good? Why are they so good? Like, you see these like 20 year olds who draw better than like, you know, I ever did or probably will. And you're like, how are you that good? Like, you know, like, um, and you, you should be happy with, for them. And, you know, but you, you do, you do, it does start to get to you a bit where you're like, oh man, like, you know, like, so I think it's good to like keep that in context and kind of step back occasionally and like um, self-care kids, you know. Thank you so, so much. Um, again, Frost Heart, Escape to Aurora is out now. It is indeed. Um, and then what's the sort of time scale for the third one? Is that something you're working on now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing at the moment. And uh, yeah, it should, it should, all things going to plan, should come out same time next year. So like, like around like the beginning of October next year. So um, yeah, um, and thanks so much for having me on. It's been, no, it's been no, a real it's been pleasure. Absolute, really pleasure. absolute pleasure. So <laughs> thank you so, so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you very, very much. And um yeah, website. Do you want to mention? Anything? Oh yeah. Um, uh, oh gosh, I should have uh, remembered this, shouldn't I? So I'm on. Um, uh, yeah, my website is is uh, is jamie uh, Nice, nice and simple. Yeah. Um, uh, Littler, my name L I double T L E R, like little with an R at the end. And then uh, uh, I think I'm on all, all the socials as well. Speaking of yeah. socials and things, so like <laughs> I think uh, yeah, that's where you'll most likely catch most of my up to date work. I think it's. Um, Jamie Illustrate uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm trying to remember what I am on Instagram. Um, uh, let me have a, a, a real quick look, if you don't mind. I think it, uh, yeah, you'll yeah. find me if you go on if you go on Twitter. I've got all the links. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, so thank you very much. It's, we absolutely loved it. Yeah. Again, yeah. Really pleasure. appreciate and well it. Well done again on the yeah. Box. Congratulations. Thanks and all so the best. much, guys. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Thank cheers. you. Cheers. Yeah. Take care. <laughs>